0: What's up, everybody? It's Cooper and James, and we are from the backpens. We apologize. We haven't had regular programming here the last couple of weeks, but it has been a really busy week or three weeks for me, I guess. We started in Sioux Falls, went to Everett on a weekday Wednesday night, went to Tacoma that weekend and finished my little run in Tulsa last weekend or over this past weekend. and. I can tell you it was a long run, no doubt about it, but James, how are you you doing? How are you feeling? Oh,
1: oh man, I'm feeling great. You know, physically, I've probably never felt better. Um, Well, in the last two or three years, anyway, I'm sure i felt better at some point, but we're doing great and just a little disappointed. We're not going to be able to make the finals like we originally planned, but hey, that's life. we'll roll with it.
0: Your health's more important than a board item, James, no doubt about it, but... The PBR, they've been pumping events out like crazy over the last month. It's been a busy, busy month here, and we just haven't had the time to cover it like we wanted to or would like to. And we apologize for that, but scheduling and things like that have made it really, really difficult on us. But we're going to do our best to catch everybody up and get everybody up to speed. There's not a lot of time left. The race for the world championship, it's coming down to where the rubber meets the road here. So we've got a lot to talk about. So without further ado, Grab them slides, boys, because we're coming at you from the back pans. So, to kick things off, I think we'll just talk about the recent event winners since we've had our last episode where we really talked about what went down in the PBR. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, your winner, Kaike Pacheco. James, I know you're really high on this guy right now. What do you think about Kaike as of late?
1: I don't think there's a better bull rider in the PBR right now than Kaiki Pacheco. How can you how can you doubt it? I mean, like a month ago, he was 55th in the world and now he's like third in the world.
0: Yeah, I think that win at the American really kickstarted his push for this world title race. I mean, the guy goes out there wins 2.1 million in one day. And he hasn't really stopped. He hasn't really slowed down. Didn't have the best weekend in Tulsa this past weekend, but he'll get the train back on the tracks here. And I'm not too worried about him. Kaike also won in Everett a couple of days after Sioux Falls. So he had a good little stretch there. That's a profitable couple of days for a bull rider, James, ain't it?
1: Absolutely. But how much money do you need? I think he's been a little greedy this year,
0: don't you? <laughs> I think if you ask any bull rider, if they're being greedy, they'll tell you, they'll tell you you're just not right. So your winner in Tacoma, Washington, Austin Richardson, this kid was really having a a good little couple of weeks stretch there too. He was leading the event in Tulsa going into the short round, broke his collarbone and was not able to finish the event out, but good to see Austin. I think that's his second event win of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Right, James?
1: Yeah, I believe he won Oklahoma city if memory serves me correct, but Uh, yeah, I think so. And to to see him go in there and to deal with the ground conditions in Tacoma, they weren't the best, and everybody was everybody was on their game except for the Bulls, I think, because of the dirt. It wasn't wasn't the worst dirt I've ever seen, but I know it definitely affected the Bulls. And that's not to take anything away from Austin's win or anybody's win, because he was just as dominant in Tulsa. It may have walked out of there with a wind there, too, had he not broke his collarbone.
0: Yeah, I was in Everett and Tacoma, and that dirt was really unique. It was thick, but it was soft because they've had so much moisture up there. So it wasn't sandy or nothing. It was just really thick, wet, moisture-filled dirt. And yeah, stuff sunk. I mean, just walking in it as a human, your footprint would be in there. And so you can about imagine when a bull steps in it or is bucking in it, it's going he's going to sink into it. And that's that's what happened. It was tough on them bulls, but from a rider's perspective, you know, they can't control that, so it's nothing they can worry about or should worry about, and they just got to do their job and that's what Austin did. And moving into the last last event the PBR had, UTB event, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Your reigning defending champ, Jose Vitor Leme, he gets the job done and walks away with the victory. 94 in the short round. What do you think about Jose? Because he sat out for a couple events there and I wasn't really sure about his health. Saw a couple videos of him in the practice spin last week and he looked really good and he carried that into the weekend.
1: Yeah, uh, I had no doubts about Jose Vitor Leme. You know, they had talked about he didn't have a broken jaw, he just got banged up and knocked out. and guys get banged up and knocked out pretty frequently in the bull riding world and can come back pretty pretty quick you know a broken jaw even you might be out a couple of weeks wire it shut and go on about your business and that's just part of being cowboy and dealing with the uh, intricacies of our sports you're going to play a man-sized sport sometimes you got to pay a man-sized price for it and that's just part of it and And that's when you know he's a true champion is when he can put that stuff out of his mind. And you know what? My job is to ride bull, not worry about where I am in the world standings and all that. And the rest of it will take care of itself. So I wouldn't worry about him at all. And I look for him to be, you know, a possible world champion again this year.
0: I will say I was standing pretty close to where that wreck happened in Sioux Falls. And it looked a lot worse than it ended up being. I can speak from experience. I've been around long enough where you kind of know the difference between a a normal wreck and one that really gets people's attention. And I can assure you when that wreck went down in Sioux Falls, everybody in that building on the ground level was worried. It did not look good. But when you watch the slowdown replay, he didn't get stepped on as bad as it initially appeared in real time. It looked like he got the, the gut stomped out of him like twice. And so it it didn't look good, but when he slowed it down, he didn't get hit as bad. So I was really glad that Jose was all right with that. And yeah, I don't doubt the champ either, but when you're dealing with injuries, you just don't know where a guy's at sometimes. And that's just part of it. But moving forward here, the UTB tour has two regular season events left. One's this weekend in Nampa, Idaho, and they'll finish in Billings, Montana the week after. So the world title race, it's heated up. I mean, this is, this is going to be a really fun race. Unlike last year, this race is not going to be settled before they get to Fort Worth down there. There's a lot of players in this race that are serious players, in my opinion. So let's just go over some of those world standings real quick. Sitting at the top, JRV, 844 world points earned. JRV's had an outstanding year so far. In second, Dalen Swearingen, he's 89, roughly 89 points behind JRV. In third, Kaique Pacheco. He's 184 points behind. So that's where the gap really starts to increase is after those top two. In fourth, you've got Jose Vitor Leme, 229 and a half points behind. If I had to put money on it, it's going to be one of these four guys that wins the world title, in my opinion. I'm not saying a guy below here can't get up there, but they're going to have to floor it here. They're going to have to floor that accelerator coming down the home stretch because there's a lot of ground to make up for some of these guys. You go down to fifth, Kyler Oliver. He's 233 and a half points behind, but Kyler's out for the rest of the year. Mauricio Marea is in sixth, 251 and a half points behind. Seventh, Austin Richardson, 294 and a half points behind, but he's done potentially until the finals if he makes it back for that from that broken collarbone. In eighth place, Dalton Castle, 347 and a half points behind. And I think if I had to pick someone outside the top four, that has a legitimate chance to win this deal or get up in there, I think I'd pick Dalton. I think Dalton's got a strong chance as a dark horse to maybe get up there closer than where he's at right now. Ninth place, Luciano Castro, 359 points behind. And rounding out your top 10, Chase Doherty, 431 points behind. James, what are some of your thoughts on this world title race? Do you agree that it's kind of a four-horse race right now?
1: As far as my thoughts on it, Cooper, like there's still a lot left, a lot of time left, especially with the uh, PBR finals going back to eight rounds instead of six. That's going to be a huge difference because the points are going to be worth more there. And also, we've seen world champions crown that we didn't think had a chance because of those extra two rounds but what I originally thought was a three-day event <laughs> I guess is now a two-day event or was originally scheduled for a two-day event and I just looked at it wrong there in uh, Nampa Idaho this weekend and uh, I think in Nampa they're having a 15-15 so in some ways I guess it is a three-day in in that perspective for the top 15 and those fifteen fifteen's really gonna matter at this point. I think that's the last one of the season. Uh, and also velocity finals. And those points will count too towards the world standings. I think typically on a normal year, I think they'll gain about 45-50 world points if they win the if they win that event, that'll count towards the world standings and the other two standings as well, the touring pro as well as the velocity tour. Now that's what they've done in years past. And that's just like winning another 15-15 bucking battle, roughly, give or take a few points. And then you throw in the Velocity Finals. The guys that are world champions already, like Jose B. Torlime and Kaiki, because they're world champions, they have an automatic exemption to go to the Velocity Finals if they go off of things that they have in the past. And so... I wouldn't say that it's it's over by no stretch of the imagination because Dalen's probably got enough points. I haven't really looked at it close enough, but let's not forget that that's going to play a huge role in the world title race. And people aren't really going people aren't really thinking about every little opportunity like I am. So that's going to play a huge role. And then you roll into the finals with the extra two go rounds. That's going to play a huge role too. So.
0: Yeah, those velocity finals are a little bit underrated as far as a world title race goes. And you will see guys that are in that race go right at the velocity finals if they're in that world title race, because it's, it's extra points. And if you got a guy like Jose, who's willing to go enter it and you're in that race, you better go enter it too, if you want to keep pace with them. So I agree with you, James, The velocity finals are really underrated. If you had to pick a guy outside the top four, that's a dark horse in this deal. Who would you pick? I picked Dalton Castle. Would you pick him or you pick somebody else?
1: To be honest with you, I don't have the standings right in front of me. And I think they said right now, mathematically, I think all the way down to 17th has a legitimate shot right now, according to the what i seen on PBR.com. So I don't know. It could literally be anybody's ball game. whoever's hottest at the finals. But I think you're right. I think if I had to pick two guys that I legitimately would put money on right now to win a world title. It would be Kaiki Pacheco or Jose V. Torleme. And it's nothing against Daylon Swearingen or even J.R.V. My heart's pulled for J.R.V. Because to me, he's the most deserving of everybody there as far as his career. If you look at his career, he's definitely the one that, Needs one. He's going to be one of those guys like Robson Playermo that never won a world title that deserved one if he doesn't finish this year out and win a world title. But he's one-directional. So that hurts him big time. And I feel like Dalen can sometimes be one-directional. And that hurts him big time. You look at Kaiki and you look at Jose Vitor Leme, when they're on, they're not one-directional. It don't matter what the bull does. So that's kind of my thought process behind that and why I chose to pick those two guys to, to bet my money on if I were betting money on it. What about you, Coop?
0: I think realistically, either one of those two are capable of doing it, and I think they're probably the biggest threats. I've got nothing against Dalen, but like you said, Dalen has kind of a tendency to struggle away from his hand at times. And when Jose and Kaike are riding good, they can ride both ways and they can do it at a high level. JRV has been really good this year, but like you mentioned as well, I mean, he's extremely one directional. I mean, that guy will ride basically everything to the left. If he gets one row to the right, you're feeling pretty thankful. So I think it's going to be an interesting race and I'm just glad it's not going to be decided when they go to Fort Worth. But let's move on to these rookie standings here. There are four guys that have registered rookie of the year points, but in reality, the way I see it, it's probably a two man race. Your leader's Bob Mitchell at 245 and a half points. And in second, Clayton Sellers, he's about 72 and a quarter points behind Bob. What do you think of the rookie of the year race? Do you think Clayton has a legitimate chance to get up there and, and catch Bob?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Bob Mitchell's 19 year old kid he can ride phenomenal, but. Clayton Sellers has been there done that he's been in pressure situations he's been to the national finals rodeo he's been to some of the bigger bull runs in the world that weren't PBR so I don't think that's going to bother him and I think it's going to come down to the finals whichever guy's riding the best throughout the finals is going to win the rookie of the year just like did typically always does regardless if the finals is in November or May it's not going to matter as far as the rookie of the year race goes.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Clayton's not that far behind. That's really not that many points, especially if he does something big and Bob doesn't have a strong finish to the regular season. There's a lot of opportunities to make up those points, no doubt about it. And I think health's going to play a factor in that. Bob's kind of beat up right now. I know he got a bull road in Tulsa, but Bob's not the healthiest right now. So we'll see how that progresses and how his injuries heal as we move closer to the finals. Well, let's talk about the bull of the year race, too, while we're at it. So I just wrote down the top five right now. I don't remember the exact number of outs they need to get qualified for this race. Six. I six. six. Because well, of the
1: shortened season.
0: Yeah, and I knew it was different. I just didn't look it up. But I wrote down the top five, and they've all got enough outs. But your leader right now for bull of the year is Whoopah. Wupa has 11 outs. He's been ridden three times and his world standings average is 46.29 points from a bull, bull score perspective. He's leading the pack right now. You've got riding solo. He's also had 11 outs. He's been ridden twice, and his world standings average is 46.21. What do you think of those two bulls as far as the world, bull of the year race as we move closer to the finals?
1: Um, they're both great bulls. If I had to pick one right now, you know, anything can happen to bulls just like they can humans. Injuries, coming up sore, whatever. They're athletes just like our humans are. But I did not see riding solos the last time he got out, had an out. I did not see it because it's Easter and all that when it was on. But at the end of the day, he just typically doesn't seem to get out as clean as whoop And I think that could play a major factor in it. If Cord could somehow figure out how to get him two clean outs at the finals, I think it'll be a lot, a lot closer of a race between those two bulls. And riding solo might possibly win it. Um, But Woopal is, he just seems to always come out clean. I've never seen him that I can recall give a ride from a, from a foul or anything like that with football and you've been down on the dirt a lot more than I have. Have you
0: not that I can remember? And I think that's going to play a big factor as well. Like you mentioned, getting out cleanly and and getting bull scores is going to be big, but also I don't know what riding solos hauling schedule is going to be. If they're going to go up to Nampa or not cords, if cords going to bring them up there or not, but I'm pretty sure Woopah will be on the shelf until the finals now. I think that was the big reason they bucked him twice last weekend in Tulsa is they want to give him some rest time before Fort Worth riding solo. I'm not sure what they're going to do with him, but it's, it's about as tight as you can get. You're talking about eight, one hundredths of a point separating them. And now those two finals outs or outs, they count. So those outs of the finals are going to be crucial for these bulls moving forward Let's talk about the rest of the top five. In third place, you've got Moonlight Party of Gene Owens. Moonlight Party has 10 outs, and he's been ridden three times this year. His world standings average is 45.63, and you've got a two-way tie for fourth place. Pookie Holler or Chad Burgers, he's been out 11 times this year. He's been ridden twice, and his average is 45.5 in Highbrow Cat of the Paradigm Bull Company. He's been out 10 times, and he hasn't been ridden yet this year. 45 and a half. I'll say this, Spooky Holler and Highbrow Cat are for sure bucking this weekend in Nampa. They're both in the 15-15, and I believe Highbrow Cat drew Kaike Pacheco. I think Kaike is going to give this bull a really good chance to show out. I don't think Kaike is going to get too invested in a game plan with this one. I think he's just going to sit up there and ride and that's when this bull shows his best. He's really electric, really athletic, but sometimes when guys try to try to set a game plan for him, that's when you see those weaker outs, the 43s and 44s. I think Kaike is going to sit up there, do what he needs to do, and I think this bull is going to have a chance to, to really show up and get a good bull score in Nampa, and the same with Pookie Hauler. Pookie Hauler is a bull that really hard to ride. He doesn't get rode a lot, but I think when this bull has his day, this bull is as good as any bull on tour right now. Moonlight Party, I've got nothing but good things to say about him. I don't think this race is settled. If one of those top two bulls falters in Fort Worth, you could see one of these bulls from behind the pace come and come and take the crown.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I'm just saying, as far as if I had to bet money right now, it's between Wupa and Riding Solo. Um, but there again, there's you know anything can happen. It's bull riding. And the impressive thing to me about this whole thing is, and I don't want to, you know, jump on the Wupaw bandwagon too much and be too hard on everybody. But the most impression, the most impressive thing to me is he's only been ridden three times this year.
0: Yeah. And- so I actually was going to talk about that. And I'm glad you brought it up because. This bull got rode almost every time he was out last fall. He did not win very much. And for those of you that don't know a lot about bucking bulls, they have egos just like a human does. They've got to win and they've got to feel like they did their job to keep them feeling confident, keep them feeling good and keeping them wanting to do it. Most bulls couldn't handle getting rode as much as he has and still put out that same effort. Whoopah puts out a ton of effort every time the gate opens. And that shows what kind of heart that bull has. And you don't see that every day in a bull. He's a a once-in-a-generational type bull. You don't get very many of them in a lifetime. He's really special. And on top of that, he's really smart. And I think that's why he's sitting at the top. If you look at when he got rode a whole bunch last year, he was locked and loaded pretty much every time, one or two out there and to the left. And this year... He has trips like that. He'll have a trip where he goes out there, starts to the left in about four or five seconds, come back to the right, or he'll just start to the right and stay to the right. These guys don't know what he's going to do. And I, and for people that remember last fall when Jose kept kept drafting him, when he'd come in number one, that doesn't happen this year. I can't remember the last time Jose did draft him. Do you? Mm-hmm. And it comes back to that is he's not – he doesn't feel guaranteed that that bull is going to go to the left.
1: Right. But, you know, and and I think because of Austin Richardson's injury, he had the number one pick there in Tulsa, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he picked uh, – I'm legit too, which fit him like a glove. But, I mean, that goes back to your point where typically Jose would have said, whoop <laughs> and been, you know, 98 points or – crazy astronomical numbers but you know and that's that's just a strategy deal do i think he made the right choice in picking the bull that he did uh looking at it on paper beforehand probably not but i didn't figure that bull had a 94 point type of out in him
0: so yeah the big thing with i'm legit too in high level left-handed riders is their rider over bull score on him seems to be just phenomenal if you look with Dalen a couple weeks ago, Dalen was what 93 roughly on him either a week or two ago or something yeah. like that. It wasn't that long ago. And in his rider score, was like 48. It was something phenomenal or astronomical. If you look at Jose Vitor Leme on him on Sun or Saturday in Tulsa, he's 94 points. They marked the bull 45 and a half. That means they marked Jose 48 and a half. And you know, when you're getting riders, rider scores that are 48 and a half. Um, it doesn't matter what you draw or what you pick, because if you're going to put up that, that bull doesn't have to be that good to put up big time numbers. And that's the route Jose's taken. And I think he's going to probably continue to pick that bull as long as he has the opportunities to, because that bull, I mean, I've seen him go a bunch and I can't remember a time he didn't do what he always does. And it's out there and burn a hole to the left. And he fits Jose and Dalen like a glove, and I expect both of them to either keep picking them, or if they do draw them, they're going to eat them up. That's just what I think. And I think pretty much all the left-handed riders at this level should really like that pool.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, thinking about that, and, you know, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but thinking about that, it got me to thinking when you were talking about that, how much is the drafts going to gonna play effect in the world championship race during the finals.
0: If you start the world finals off with a bang, you're putting yourself in the driver's seat for the draft rounds. And I I guess I don't know for sure if they're going to keep doing that, but I haven't heard anything different. So I'm gonna assume that they're gonna do at least a few draft rounds at the at the finals in Fort Worth. And those are huge because if you buck off your first, I think they draw the first two rounds if I'm not mistaken, usually anyways. And if you come into that third round with a low pick, you're going to hurt yourself, especially if a guy like Jose, you give him a bull like that to draft, he's going to pick him every time and be a pile on him. So it's really important for those guys to get as good a draft picks as they can in those draft rounds at the world finals to set themselves up for success over the entire week and get themselves the best chance to win a world title.
1: Oh, absolutely. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And that's why I brought that up. But. You know those two guys that we mentioned talking about the world championship race. That's where I think that they're going to separate themselves because you know unless the two bulls that JRV draws in the first two rounds are going to go to the right, or excuse me, is it it's to the left, excuse me, into his hand is to the left. So if it, if they go to the if they go to the left, he'll ride right them. And he'll be up there high in the draft pick. But if they go to the right, he's going to be down there low in that draft pick. You know, that's going to matter towards a world title, especially one of his age and just the way that he struggles. And same thing for Dalen. And, you know, I don't really feel like Dalton Castle is one of those guys that's a one directional type of guy. And I could see that's why you picked him as kind of a dark horse in this world title. I don't feel like he's a. He's a one directional guy. So, you know, and Chase Doherty, you never know what you're going to get out of him. And so, you know, my money's on on Kaiki or or Leme at this point. Just yeah, I mean, it's
0: it's tough to bet against him, no doubt about it. But. I think it's time to transition into our rank ride fantasy talk for the week. Rank ride fantasy bull riding is free to play in 2022. Make your picks for PBR riders and bulls and get in on the action. The year end champion will receive a VIP trip for two to PBR world finals in Fort worth, Texas and a custom rank ride bragging rights buckle. Follow rank ride Facebook and keep up with great giveaways on the rank ride fantasy Instagram page rank ride. Ride Fantasy, your connection to the Western lifestyle you love. Sign up to play free at RankRideFantasy.com. You can find out more about RankRide Fantasy at www.rankridefantasy.com, at Rank ride Fantasy on Instagram, RankRide on Facebook, and RankRide TV on YouTube. The name of the game is pretty simple if you haven't played before. Pick six riders and pick three bulls, and you get your bulls rode and get bull scored you're going to have a chance to win some money on any given weekend. James, there's a lot of things that are going down right now in the PBR as far as injuries and which guys are healthy, which ones aren't. So how are you adjusting with your rank ride fantasy picks? Because I was thinking about this over the weekend on my flights home. The way I see it, you really got to nail down your tier one picks and then hope you get some scores out of your tier two and tier three guys with all these guys that are out right now
1: yep that's exactly how you see it and I can't tell you how I would change or what who I would change because the draw's not out you know as far as like as far as like the tears and all that necessarily. So I don't know until I look at it and even then sometimes I don't even know. it's just like where did this bull come from? I've never seen this bull before so I don't know what he's gonna do. so sometimes I rely on on the legit analytics that uh, is provided and sometimes that's wrong <laughs> but more more times often than not they're right but it's bull riding you can predict all you want to you can give a guy a hundred percent chance to ride a bull and he still buck off so so you you really can't rely on that too much but just go with your gut and that's what i've always went with and it's given me a pretty successful career in the in the. Um,
0: Fantasy bull riding space. Heck yeah, I'd say so as well. Mr. World champ from last year, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just tough right now. There's a lot of guys that are out and there's a lot of guys that are getting shuffled in and out of these events. So it's really hard to know exactly who's going to be there till the draw comes out. And even if you see the draw until the tiers are up, it's really hard to know who's going to be in what tier, you know, because with all the guys that are out, some guys that probably would have been in tier three are now going to be in tier two. I don't think you're going to see a lot of change from tier two to tier one necessarily because most of those top guys right now, anyways, are fairly healthy outside of a couple of them. But I definitely think right now more than ever, and I'm not saying there's somebody who's in tier two or tier three that I'm not saying they can't win an event, but I think now more than ever, it's very important to nail down your tier one picks because those are the guys that I think have the best shot to win on any given week. That's just my opinion. And obviously that's why the tier system is in place. And when I'm looking at tier two and tier three, I'm just looking for scores right now. They can get me a score on the weekend. I'm pretty happy. And like last weekend, I had Austin Richardson in tier two, felt pretty good about it. And then he didn't get on in the short round. So it is what it is, but it's tough right now. No doubt about it. It's really tough right now.
1: You kicked my butt last week because I didn't pick Austin Richardson, and I should have, but it was more because I didn't know what Wootball was going to do. It wasn't necessarily that I didn't think Austin couldn't ride that bull because he can. He he did. (laughs) So I was more like, let's just guarantee yourself a score or try to guarantee yourself a score and not try to hit a home run. Um, But being – I don't know how many points I am out of first right now and don't care. There's two events left. They count towards the year end. Um, so we might be starting to swing for the fences to see if we can move up in there and and still go buckle by the time this deal's over.
0: So speaking of that, there's only two regular season events for the ranker ride season left. One of them's this weekend in Nampa, Idaho, and the second one's at three day or in Billings. So Nampa going to be probably some bulls that aren't super familiar to some people they're west coast it's tougher for some of them guys to get up there and same thing with billings and billings also happens to be a three-day event so what are some themes that you're really looking at going into these last two events like name name a guy who's not jose or kaike or somebody a big name like that that you're really looking hard at for the next couple weeks
1: well, I would say Derek Kobaba, and I'm not trying to pick at him, but this was something that I just had to bring up in the in the podcast. We didn't talk much about Tulsa, but I'm a little bit disappointed in Derek Kobaba's attempt on Blue Duck. You know, if he, if he really wanted out on that bull, he could have got out on that bull. They put him on the clock a lot later than I would have, and then they had some Brazilian that I never heard of because it was an ABBI night go in there and have to re- have to get on it for anybody that's not familiar with the abbi and how it works as far as the abbi nights if a guy can't get out on them or get disqualified like Derek did he got disqualified he ran ran the shoot clock down to zero well that bull still got to have an out so they have one guy there or sometimes even two or three depending on if a guy's hurt or whatever. They have one or two guys there that can, that are not in the competition that are just there to get on the bulls, to make sure they get an out. And this was some Brazilian that I don't think I've ever heard of before. That bull was so irritated that he, that he literally threw him over the bucking and shoots. He climbs back in there, gets out on him, gets a clean out on him. And, and my thing with that is, is that's a, 45 point bull all day long or even higher, why would you not want to get out on him and be in the nineties?
0: You know, I can't speak on that. Cause I didn't see it. Tulsa's set up. It's a really long ways to the back and I was in the back alley. So I didn't see hardly anything. I I've watched all of Sunday or Saturday, excuse me. And I watched parts of Friday, but I didn't get that far into it. But I do know one of the judges told me, he goes, that guy's probably pretty happy he doesn't have to enter up today because he sure took the lick in last night. <laughs> so he had to get on two of them, actually, because they didn't get out on one earlier in the night. So he got out on him, and he got thrashed around pretty good on that one too. And like James said, that's a common thing with these ABBI nights. They always call them mount-out riders, and they'll always have at least one on hand in case something like that happens. I can't speak on it. I didn't see it. I know Blue Duck is definitely a 44 to 45 point bull most of the time. So without seeing it, it's tough for me to give my input on it. But that's something you got to pay attention to with rank ride because you don't get, if they don't get out on the bull, you don't have a chance to get a score. And it's happened to me on the bull end quite a few times this year where they don't get out on them and you get nothing out of your bull. And that'll really hurt you too. You know, uh, an average bull score is going to be roughly half of what a a ride score would be from a bull rider, but you're banking on those. I don't even care if it's a 41 point out. 41 is, is not, you know, better than zero. And that's something I really pay attention to with bulls now because I've been burnt on it so many times is if I know one has a track record of being a little difficult to get out on them. I try to stay away from them because I don't want to get a zero.
1: Right. Well, in Tacoma, speaking of rank ride, I ended up third, I think, in Tacoma. But all it came down to was my bull scores. I don't know how many points I am out of first and none of that. But when it comes down to that, being this close to the season, it's just like a world title to me because, you know, having cerebral palsy and this is the closest I'm ever going to get. So it's coming down to the wire for all of us and, Cooper's talking about his bull scores. Cooper's just as talented, if not smarter than I am when it comes to this stuff. I've just been a little bit luckier than he has as far as having bull scores throughout the whole season. So, you know, he's a guy that could be in the top five, top four, right up there with me. But he's, met, he's had so many bull scores that were zeros because of rerides or whatever have you that that, that ended up costing him.
0: Yeah, I get I get sucked into that a lot where I'm chasing those forty-five point bull scores out of tier two and tier three bulls, and a lot of them are younger. They're like four-year-old bulls that probably haven't been hauled a whole bunch, and that's just part of the game. And everybody had a hard time getting out on Friday night in Tulsa. When I rewatched the first half of it this morning, I mean there's a lot of bulls that are jumping around in there. They aren't gonna stand still, but you know that on a classic night. That's kind of expected. You know, they're not that far into their four-year-old year. You know, years past where it's broken down into two halves, essentially by the fall of that year, a lot of them four-year-olds have been hauled quite a bit to these events and they do get settled in, they get settled down and all that. But when you're talking like having classic nights in February, like in Oklahoma city, these bulls are just fresh into their four-year-old year year. and they do get bucked with riders as three-year-olds, but when they're three, they don't like to push them overly hard. A lot of them. Some of them are are ready for it and they will, but a good chunk of them need some time to really grow up, develop and mature. And it's just one of those deals when you're dealing with them younger bulls, sometimes they're not going to stand there like a show calf. I mean, that's just how it is, but yeah, Derek, geez, you're salty. You are really salty about that. But yeah, I think, I think that's about it. I'm ready to get out of here. I got some stuff I got to get done before I head out, but you have any closing thoughts, James? Oh
1: absolutely just it's it's pretty fun to get to get back in the saddle, so to speak, and give give our listeners some uh, new content. We're glad to do it and just uh, be thankful for everything people because everything that I've been going through uh, we won't go too much into details, but don't take the simple things for granted because even I did and it's it's just something. just be thankful. For the God above, those beside you, and the life before you. And uh, everybody have a great day and God bless. Cooper, the floor is yours, buddy.
0: Heck yeah, man. That's a really powerful message. And I couldn't agree more. Take every day as a gift because you don't know when it's gonna end. So I definitely agree with that for sure. You can find us at From the Back Pens on Instagram, From the BackPens on Facebook from the Backpens on YouTube, and my email is Cooper, C-O-O-P-E-R, from the Backpens at gmail.com. You can find more about RankRide at www.rankridefantasy.com, at RankRideFantasy on Instagram, RankRide on Facebook, and Rank Ride TV on YouTube. It's been fun to get you guys some new content here. Just been a really busy last couple of weeks. It's been really long. I've been sick. Hasn't been real enjoyable, but... We're glad to get a new episode out to you guys. Thanks for all the support and thanks for tuning in. We definitely appreciate all of it. Feel free to get in touch with us if you got anything, comments, suggestions, anything like that. And until next time, you guys have a good one and come back and visit us again from the backpens.